Back to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast with your host, Brother X, and the Culture Case. And word to um my man Juvenile talking about Vax that thing up. You know them checks is coming in the mail. <laughs> For those who know and understand, if you get the song reference, you are a child of the 90s. But on the Truth and Transparency Podcast, we talk openly and honestly about a multitude of different things. Where you are, when we talk about how to go to places where you are celebrated and not just tolerated, we talk about um, people trying to remix songs so you can get them checks. Bone Thugs and Harmony, we're t- looking at you. Juvenile, we're looking at you. Scoops, there it is, we're looking at y'all. Uh, and everything in between. We always try to talk about things in the truth and transparent fashion. Ooh, yeah, we got it hot, out, hot in here. I just heard a song that was remixed for like some commercial. It was weird. Did not like it. I did not approve. And we talk about all these things in a way that helps you have a good time, have you guys laughing, teeing, but we also want to hit you with a good, honest, and great conversation. Um, before we get started with today's episode, we want to make sure we always shout out our continuous guests. Um, our residential guests. Our residential guests. They got a guest room built in already at the house. Um, first, we're going to talk about um, the City High Bandit, the City Queen. Queen C. I hate you so much. Like, what would you do when your son was at home crying on the floor in the bedroom floor? He hungry. I'm sorry, continue. I hate you so much. I can't get that description out of my mind now that you said it. I hate you so much. You're welcome. Anyway. It's your favorite mini thickums, Queen C in the building, 61 and a half inches of fluff and fun. And it's still too hot to have tins. That's a freaking can you can can you deflate the tea like like a balloon? Like no, a, a, a it's a, not a, filled with air. Silicone parts were made for toys. Well, never mind. I'm not even gonna go down that road. Um, Mr. Smith. Word to serve mix a lot. And Mr. Smith, aka the Wu Tang Bandit, aka <laughs> SpongeBob in that. <laughs> I freaking hate both of you for that insider. Anywho, it's your favorite fan's favorite fan, Mr. Smith. Uh, and and I messed up last week, listeners. So I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the crew their flowers this time and make sure that everything sounds good. So again, shout out to the podcast for getting a thousand listens. You know what I'm saying? And and we like I said, keep subscribing and and keep listening. We're gonna keep pushing out this content. Uh, yes, Quincy. I think I think he missed the sound bite because he's too busy percolating. I think that's what that was. He was percolating. Listeners, you can't see. Them. Listeners, you can't see this, but I'm definitely flipping off Queen C right now, jackass. But you love, love me her. too. And 
in this podcast, we actually have a bunch of different segments. And um, just like Mr. Smith said, thank you for over a thousand listens. We're going to continue to grow this thing. Um, we got some things in the works right now. We try want to hold off and let you know for sure, but we're really excited about where things can go and how we're growing because we're only we're not even a year into this thing and it has done leaps and bounds bigger than what I thought it would be. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our first segment, which is I Just Think It's Funny. And in this segment, I Just Think It's Funny, we talk about things that we find ironic or funny in a very interesting and sometimes not funny way. And in this week, we're actually going to start off with a place that Mr. Smith and I frequently when we went down to uh, Houston, Texas, Houston, Texas, who can't speak this, this evening. And this place is called the Turkey Leg Hut. Shout out to their food. Them turkey legs is bomb. All the food is bomb. Mr. Smith, isn't that food bomb? Nigga, that catfish was hitting. God damn, that shit was good. You sound, you sound like a hater right now. I want some cornmeal fried catfish. What you can't see, listen, is, is that the coach of scientists is saying this with her eyes closed. Like, she's reminiscing over the last time she had it. So we're going to work on this. Shout out to Mario's back in Vegas. Good catfish, yo. Dog, she is really reminiscing right now. Like, she's having, like, a whole flashback sequence. To West Side. <laughs> but um, what we want to bring up about the Turkey Leg Cut this week is that they had to um, implement a new dress code, which... For some people, people had some um, concerns or some thoughts about it. Um, we're going to read what the dress code is, and then we're going to discuss it. Um, take it away, Coach Scientist. Number one, no excessively revealing clothing. Examples include distressed or ripped clothing that is that is revealing. Shorts must cover your entire bottom. Number two. No obscure language on your, or baggy clothing. Obscene. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No obscene language. What did I say? Obscure. Oh. No obscene language or baggy clothing. For example, no inappropriate graphics or language on clothing. No excessively baggy or saggy pants. I'm pretty sure they mean like your booty hanging out. Um, number three, no house attire. This includes wave caps, do-rags, house shoes, or shower caps. Number four, no exposed, no exposed undergarments. This includes sports bras, bras, panties, or any garments resembling these items. And last but not least, no swimwear of any kind is allowed. Would you like me to read their post? Read this part. Unfortunately, due to that part? Yes. Okay. unfortunately, due to the attire of some guests, we were forced to put this policy in place as we remain committed to ensuring all guests are comfortable while visiting us. We are not a club. We are a family-friendly restaurant and will continue to ma- continue to maintain our standards as we will welcome. Everyone to the turkey leg hut. So, like, mind you, for me personally, my first initial thoughts is that, okay, I get it. Like, restaurants have, like, a dress code for a restaurant isn't anything new. For some people, some people's reactions, they didn't take too kind to it. It was like, are y'all just going to change things up now? Y'all want to regulate what people wear to y'all restaurant? I hate to be that person, but, um, yeah. Stay restaurant. Exactly. Like, 
ultimately, yes, like you don't like me and Mr. Smith will tell you, like, we when we went, did we see some of those things? Probably. But again, at the discretion of the owners, like they can do that, just like any other white restaurant can do that. Like you can't go to Brazos wearing like Not any of that basketball shorts, crocs, and and your do-rag. No shirt. Just be out, everything. Yes, go ahead. Okay. So like this is this this entire thing is not really like I don't think that they're asking too much. I feel like this is basic attire rules mm-hmm. for most public establishments. For most. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like, I don't know, in Miami or Vegas or some beach on i don't know you know i feel like so like for example where it says no revealing clothing i feel like what they're saying is if you have a distressed jean it's okay if like right above your knee is out but like if right above your coochie out i don't think that's what that woman was saying like i don't want the smell of coochie while i'm eating the i'm just legs. saying um let me see shorts must cover your entire bottom ladies and some gentlemen yeah talk about it Okay, I, I will not discriminate. Thank you. Okay. That's fair. Equal opportunity out here. But like, y'all know, sometimes them shorts don't be fitting right. Like you got a 200 pair of J's and you ain't got a belt. And we get it. We know you might like it. But if, if your booty cheeks is hanging out, you're out of it, that's probably, why go to the restaurant like that? You I know mean, what probably what happened was? They probably saw one too many people with them dookie stains on their drawers hanging out. I hope not. That's just gross. I feel like they had somebody who just repeatedly wore their thong underwear, their bras, which they, you know, that new style. The so they had the, the bralette things. And like, they're like, no, we don't want to see all of this. And it's okay to grow. And y'all, people are not going to stop eating at this. I have not had the luxury yet of eating at this place. But for y'all to get so upset, this tells me that they're not ever going to go out of business because their food is tasty enough that most people probably agree with this. Because the thing is, like the last two, like Mr. Smith, can you um, share with the listeners our experience at the Turkey Leg Hut? There was 18,856 likes yes, I was on one, Instagram. Yeah. Okay? I was one of them. Yes. Okay. Like you, you, your voice has been heard. You can go to Wet Willies and be a, you can go to, I don't know, what's a, what's a restaurant you can go to just like that? There's a bunch of daiquiri spots out there you could probably go There's to. There's plenty of other places, but as you grow, and I, I, I'm sorry if I hurt somebody's feelings, but there are such thing as too much of an outfit. I, I have outfits like this, but I know where and when to wear them. I'm just saying. Like don't come at me, but also I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm. We'll come back to that point, Mr. Smith. Can you tell about our experience at the Triple Hut a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah. So uh, me and Brother X, when we went to Houston, I want to say it was probably three years ago. It's either three or four years ago. I would say it's three. Um, and so they told us like that place line gets crazy. So if you're gonna go, get there at least fifteen to twenty minutes before they open. My nigga, they open at eleven. When me and Brother X got there, there was like 15 people in line already to the point where we were in line on the curb of the adjacent street 
waiting. And no sooner had we got there, I think within that 15 minutes, another 30 people got in behind us. So that line was already jumping before we got in. Now, granted, we sat outside. Thank God it was a great day. It was a beautiful day. So we sat outside. So um, when we sat out there, you know, yeah, we noticed a lot of different clothing items. We did notice some people would do rags. We did notice the, I'm going to call it house shoes. Those Ugg slippers, that's the furry ones that you see a lot of women wear. Those are kind of house shoes to me in a way. Um, we did see some exposed undergarments, but I mean, to be fair, some of the ladies there were just getting off shift at the strip clubs. So he's not wrong. Yeah, we, we literally had a waitress named Winter. And me and him didn't even say anything. We just looked at each other and our eyes really said, did she just clock out and just come work her next job? And you know what? We're not gonna go there. But I say all that to say, like, like, like the culture scientist and brother X said, this is nothing new for any big black establishment. They want to make sure that they get everyone coming to their restaurant and keep the money and revenue coming in. We all know that baby boomers and generation X don't play that shit at all. They want to make sure that they have collared shirts and jeans all the way down. Sometimes it might be high water, sometimes it might be that, might be some dickies in there, might be some chucks, you never know. But this is really just for millennials, Gen Z, maybe Gen Alpha, I'm not sure, um, that you just can't come in anywhere and just expect to, be, you can't go in, you can't come in anywhere and expect to be, to be treated as a fair person if you're not giving them the same respect for their establishment, right? If they say no obscene language, that's because somebody can literally go to them and complain and say, oh, this person has a foul language. I will give you a bad review. Bad reviews mean they lose money. They lose money means now they've lost revenue and, may, and it, it hurts them, their business. So they're doing this to make sure their business stays consistent and make sure their money stays in. So I'm with y'all. I don't think they're going to lose money. Sure, people are going to have some thoughts and some words. They're like, oh, I can't wear my ripped jeans, which like the culture scientist said, if it's just above, if it's below the knee, I think you're fine. But just don't have it near the, you know, oh, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say poom poom. Don't have it near the poom poom. You can say you know the cootie cat, <laughs> the pootie wop, the poon yeah, The names for, oh my goodness. The vaginal <laughs> area. Wow. The JJ. Okay. Okay, Dr. X. Um, anywho, I'm just saying, uh, man. But no, and, and just to finish off, um, I don't think this is a bad thing. Like I said, me and Brother X definitely came in there with some cargo shorts and a shirt. We were dressed appropriately. We didn't have anything hanging or baggy or whatever because we know what's up. So just adhere to the rules. Yeah, just adhere to the rules and enjoy that goddamn food. That food is good. The only thing I will say about the whole, I'm gonna make this last point, when they say we are not a club, we are a family-friendly restaurant, they have to make sure they're careful with that because there was a DJ playing. Yeah. And at a certain point, I think that they also can bring out hookah. I'm not sure. Do not yes. quote me on that. I want to say they, they can. And I think a recent person shared that they actually have a lounge-type, bar lounge-type area inside. We sat mm -hmm. outside, so we didn't actually sit on the inside of the restaurant, so we can't confirm or deny it. Mm -hmm. But it's like you, it's like you said, you just got to be mindful. Like if they're trying to market things differently, you got to change it. Cause like they're trying to change, they're trying to translate into something bigger because more than likely, if this is what the deal is, they're probably trying to broaden the things to actually make another tricky leg hood probably. Now granted, oh, I'm sorry. One last really quickly. 
Granted, although they say, you're right, they have to be careful with their language, but although they say they are not a club, that does not mean they are not a lounge. There's a difference. Fair enough. Just saying. Because I will go to the lounge any day. And I like, like, they play music. They do hookah. Just making that out. You know, that's all. That's a valid point. Queen C, go ahead and take take the floor. Um, I just want to know if Turkey Leg Hut is sponsored by Monique. No, 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 they're not. Because no, no. she would love that third rule. No do-rags, no house shoes, no wave caps, shower caps, bonnets. That got Monique stank all over it. See, here's my thing. I try not to slander Monique because I, I have some thoughts and some opinions about her in general. But since you brought it up, my whole thing with Monique is like, you, it's, there's a difference between, in my mind at least, there's a difference between a dress code and respectability politics, respectability and how you how you dress. Like, well, if you dress like this, you'll be respected by your peers and by and you won't deal with these problems. No, I still deal with those problems. I'm just gonna look nice while they're doing it. Listen, I love going out with my scarf on, okay. Like, like we we if we really wanted to have that conversation, we could, but it's like in my mind, it's very simple. Like, they are grown. If they got an eight-hour flight going across two different time zones and they not going to switch planes, nigga, I got to get comfortable while I'm on that plane. Like, you have the money to fly first class or whatever the step above it is. I don't know because I ain't got money. I don't know. Mr. Smith might know, but we Business don't. class? I'm about to say, Mr. Smith might know what, what that's like, but we don't know. Why we always got to confirm? Right, like, honestly, it don't bother nobody. Like, because if you doing like most people do on a flight, Go to sleep. You won't see it. I promise it won't bother you. I ain't paying attention to you. I'm listening to music, watching TV, reading a book. Minding your business is free. That's Ain't all I know. Free? Right. Like, unless you were paying for my check bags, which, shout out to Southwest, because you ain't got to pay for those, but um, we're not talking about that. But if Southwest want to sponsor us, please do. Please, please. Absolutely. I've please. been a loyal please, customer please. all my life. Talk about it. A loyal customer all through college. But, Straight through flights. But ultimately, it's like, dog, it it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, are they hurting someone? Or is it disrupting something? Just because it doesn't fit in your box of how a person should look, if it's not looking like they done came out, like they just jumped out of a trash can looking like a hobo, take it whatever you want. Like, just, just let it go, man. Because people worrying about other people is how we have situations like Tabitha Brown and Wendy Williams. So another thing, and I just think it's funny, is that um, um, for those who don't know, Tabitha Brown, she like she like the the godmother in every black movie that, that will get you right, but will say it in the most kindly and godly way possible. Listen, she you get yelled at, and I just be like, "You're cute." That's what I was like, like, like she stay out the way. She she rocks all the vegetarian. And, I'm sorry, no, not vegetarian, vegan optional yeah. foods and all that stuff. Like that's her bit. She mind her business, like she says all the time in her video posts like she blew up over the pandemic like in a year she like blew up blew up like mine she, she's been going she's been in hollywood and in california for a long time but just because she was being authentic to who she was and talking about her experiences people rocked with it and especially with a lot more people getting into the vegan lifestyle it's like they really bang with their content and like of all people you want to come at in particular about a situation where for those who don't know, 
Wendy Williams, Wendy Williams has a talk show, and on this talk show, one particular episode, she felt the need. She yeah, she felt the need to play a clip about how Wendy Williams talked about how she no, I'm sorry, how Tabitha Brown, after 15 years, was able to help retire her husband from his work as an LAPD officer. And in that, after the clip was played, the audience is clapping like, mind you, everybody's like, oh, that's great. Like, she supported her husband. Like, she, they're in a financial place where it's like there. And Wendy Williams literally was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I done seen this before. This ain't gonna end well. Watch, this is gonna, it's gonna be over and it's not gonna work out. She like, being, such a better way. Like, being so negative, I'm like, but ma'am, wh- where is this coming from? Because nothing in Tabitha Brown what she portrays us, because that's all we have to go off of for portrays this. So um, Tabitha Brown, in the most godly and positive way possible, read her to filth, but collect, passed the collection plate at the same time. Um, Mr. Smith, go ahead and play the clip. Um, first of all, Wendy Williams, honey, God bless you. God bless you. Okay. Um, and so people sent me a little clip, and I said, oh, my God, the pain this woman must be in. Wendy, the pain you must be in to feel this way, and I'm so sorry. But listen, let me tell you this. Um, 23 years I've been with my husband. Yes, uh, broke for a very long time together. Struggled for a very long time together. Succeeded for the last couple of years together, right? Uh, My husband took a job in agreement with me. He took a job 15 years ago to help support my dream. And I know you may not know what that looks like in a genuine uh, place, right? Um, But this was an agreement that my husband and I had. And I told him 15 years ago, oh, babe, in five years, I'll be able to take you out of there so then you can pursue one of your dreams that you love. And like, 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 y'all hear that, right? Like, like, correct me if I'm wrong, like that sounds like someone who, Y'all talked about it, you planned for it, you worked through it, you saved the course, you followed through, and you executed the plan, and now you're able to see the fruits of your labor. And mind you, like, she wasn't, she don't brag about, like, I did that, look at how I'm tricking off on my husband, I got a stay-at-home husband, I got a trophy husband, all those things. Like, no. Like, she laid out plain. This is what we talked about, this is what we did, and this is how we went about it. So for someone to come at it like that, I'm like, I'll say my thoughts. Uh, Anyone else? Go ahead. The way I kind of think about it, A, is this man is a police officer, an LAPD police officer, and she's able to retire this man. First off, get this black man off them streets, please. That's all I say to that. Talk about it. First and foremost, like I applaud our black officers and all the other officers that are there, but you know, if he, 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 he did his duty 15 years, okay? 15 years. So that was my first thought. And then my other thought when I saw Wendy, okay, I understand that you're a show and everything, but you could have presented this in a different manner than just screaming, basically bombarding your entire audience with your opinion. That A, it sucked that your relationship that worked out that way. And yes, there's a bunch of relationships that work out that way. But if when you're in that right relationship and you're in that right type of love and you're in that right type of partnership, this is the equivalent. And I pray that everything goes well. But in there's many ways, it's kind of reminding me in a slight way of Brother, uh, brother X. Brother X is very supportive of me and my goals and yeah. me and my dreams. 
Yeah. And there's been multiple times where he says, I when I because I feel bad because I'm not carrying my weight. But he has said multiple times, Well, it's your turn right now. He's like, right now it's my turn to hold us, it's your turn to grow, and vice versa. And so, like, that's a different type of conversation. And Tabitha Brown clearly had that con they had that conversation. And again, nobody knows what's going to end up in the long run. But who are you to say that this is going to be wrong? Like, Wendy, shut your mouth. Like, honestly, like, what it really boils down to, I'm like, you so, like, the fact that she tried to play this clip and tried to, like, try to get, like, she was like, oh, yeah, my, like, this is my audience. They're here to see me. They're going to agree with everything that I say. And I'm very sure I didn't even have to watch her as a clip. I was like, the audience was like, um, like, you heard crickets when she was like, uh-uh, I don't think that's going to work. And you look at the moments, I'm like, when you really think like, yeah, man, my friends gonna have my back, just like old girl last week on the episode we used to listen to, when she thought, yeah, the girls in the in the clip was gonna be like, yeah, yeah, they should, yeah, he's supposed to you even after y'all break up, which is still crazy. I don't care what nobody says, and you have the nerve to be called Blue Sapphire. Yeah, I, th- I didn't share that last week, but yeah, she's named Blue Sapphire. Uh, Mrs. Smith, go, yeah, go ahead. One, her name is Blue Jasmine, so just want to put that out there. Blue Sapphire, Blue Jasmine, Jasmine Rice. What are we talking about? Really? <laughs> okay. Secondly, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let uh, Queen C go. Just you said a word that I want the listeners to really pick up. The fact that you know, you know, in your heart that you're telling the culture scientists, this is my turn to hold us. This is your turn to grow. Like message. That's a word, and a lot of listeners, especially those that are either first-time relationships, maybe they're having problems. I would definitely say for them to use that and say, is this the term in which I'm growing? Are you growing? Are both of us growing at the same time? Are both of us holding our weight? Like that was a good word. So I just want to make sure I point that out. So I'll, I'll go ahead, Quincy. All right. So just to piggyback off what the two of you, two of you just said, because I watched this full clip of Tabitha's response. And there's a point in there where she says, this is what a relationship looks like when you don't put money or materialistic things first. This is what a relationship looks like when you put God first. So, mm, you know, let's mm. go to church. but let me tell you something. Late in the midnight hour, he gonna she, work she, it she, out. She spoke a word. from heaven rain down on me. Rain down on me. All right, we got to stop before we get copyright. <laughs> Go ahead. I was through. ready to hit the soprano part. Hold on. I can. <laughs> I mean, you have to do the rest of the that part. And but then we, good. But if we sing too much, they they gonna find us. Wow. Yeah, we can't afford to be found by Kurt Franklin Listen. or the family. Kurt, yo, your concerts be lit though. But I mean, you want to if you want to be on the podcast one day, I mean, for hey, real we're gonna, we gonna speak. Kurt Franklin, if you would like to sponsor this podcast. I'm about, about to say, you got, you got speaking into existence. Like my, my, my therapist said the other day when I was talking to her about the podcast, she was like, I'm speaking into this, into being as being like your first source of income at one point because of your enthusiasm. And I was like, you care about me? Okay, let's speak this into existence. Mm-hmm, Box lunch. Uh-huh. Yes, 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 yes. Sponsor us. Because I mean, we, we try to get custom funk. We pops. spend a lot of money. Oh, so I know, listen, this, this, has nothing, this has nothing to do with the episode. We're going to break full agenda. 
Let me tell you about the time that I went to Box Lunch this past weekend. And literally, yes, I know this is not on the agenda. And Mr. Smith will kill me later. This is completely off agenda. So Box Lunch has this thing called lunch money where you get, it's like reward money, kind of like Coast Cash for those who are like real shoppers. And basically, it kicked in this past weekend. So literally, we're in there. We're trying to use that. You got to spend like $30, get $15 off. So literally, I have a bunch of them, like probably like a good six, seven, maybe eight of those little box lunch, uh, the lunch money things. Not including his hot topic ones. We're not going to talk about that. I do not have a problem. You, you're putting my business out on frustrated. I don't appreciate it. But getting back to the story, <laughs> literally, we're in there and we're getting ready to, we already got all the items we're going to buy. And literally, it was like, they ask you, oh, are you a member or a rewards member? I was like, yeah, I meet her all the time. Like, they probably have me like a five-star customer. And Lee, the cashier was like, in a joking manner. I said this. in a joking manner, like, yeah, it's like I'm a five-star customer. I'm here all the time. And it was like, he is a five-star. Like they literally was like, no, in the system it says it's five-star customer. I was like, well, um, here's my money. <laughs> I might as well go ahead and keep this thing going. But yes, um, box lunch, please sponsor us. We um, love you. Um, I mean, please. But we do oh, need y'all. Living single, please. We always gonna plug for a living single to be in the store. It's better than friends all day, every day. I'll hold that down. All right, getting back to Tabitha Brown. Um, yes, back to her. I'm sorry, we we done cut off Queen C completely with her thoughts. I'm I'm so sorry. We were professional in some ways, and some ways we're not. Y'all are not professional at all. But, but it's our podcast, so we're gonna go and do what we're gonna do. I do not disagree, but I like how we are. Yes. Uh, but yeah, go, going back to Tabitha, um, like I said, if you folks out there go to her Instagram, please watch the full five minute and 18 second video on her Instagram. When I tell you this is the most Christian cuss out I've ever heard in my life, she basically gave the King James version of fuck you, you miserable ass bitch, mind your business in this clip. Like, and God, and God bless you. Like, I feel like with the soft, rhythmic tone that Tabitha speaks with, I need somebody who, who is inept in, in the audio. Maybe Mr. Smith can do it. I just need somebody to put her voice over the ether beat. I feel like I've heard that before. Like. Go ahead, Mr. Smith. I, I, I'll find it. There is one already with that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Because that's exactly what this clip is. It's Ethan. She read Wendy Williams for Phil. When you are, are speaking from a hurt point, from a negative mind space, from a broken heart, you're not going to be able to see, you know, the good that other people may be able to experience because all you think about is the hurt and the pain that you went through. Wendy, go, go, go get yourself some help, honey. Mm, it's it's cute. not they're cute to be out here hating on people. Just stay away from Nick Cannon because he don't miss. He, he 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 will get you pregnant. You will be carrying twins. <laughs> You'll be carrying twins before the end of 2021. There's don't a reason why his last name is Cannon. That nigga fires. No blanks. All right, Mr. Smith, go ahead and uh, wrap this part up. One, y'all are just ridiculous. <laughs> I just want to put that out there first. You're welcome. But I, I know y'all gonna make my editing my editing job so much easier. I mean, that in every piece of sarcasm I can think of. Uh, mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. 
but but no, like as I was listening, you know, as Queen C said, I was listening to the whole five minute clip of Tabitha. And you know how normally like if someone's getting read, like just say for instance, and, and of course listeners don't come for me because I don't really watch shows like this, but let's say like the old love and hip hop, you know, back when Cardi was like first coming on and it's probably there now, but I don't watch it because you know I don't care. When you see someone getting cussed out, like you see hand movements, you hear you hear about 50 obscenities in like one sentence, whatever. This and normally you just be like, damn, oh yo, you got them. When Tabitha read Wendy, literally the only thing I literally could think is wow. Just wow. Like I I don't I can't even curse. I'm just like, I like you said Touch it my so pearls. Yeah, just like you said it so softly. And just the fact that you said, like like Queen C said, you know. This is what it means when you when you have a relationship that you don't put money or fame and you do love and God. I was like, oh, 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 Tabitha. But my favorite part of it was she said, I hope one day you can find somebody who will sacrifice for you and dedicate their life to you. I said, well, if you don't pull from the book of Mary J. Blige. <laughs> Just well, like, well like, she wasn't famous before. She famous for real now. Like, like mm -hmm. I, I for, for my church folk, y'all understand this. When you grow up in the church and your parents are good friends with the deacons that be walking the aisles during church, and you cutting up on the front row or on the back row, and you think your parents don't see you, and your parents ain't gotta say nothing to you. They look at the deacon, they make eye contact, they talk telepathically. All of a sudden, you got the deacon by you, like, um, let me come see you and talk to you for a second, young man. Is that Tabitha? Hit you with a tap, tap, one better for you. My mama sang in the choir, and the choir director was the first lady. Guess who got me? The pastor. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, trust me. When you were best friends with the pastor's son, oh, yeah, you couldn't get with nothing. Mama X was on the first row of the choir. I was looking at us. I wish I would say something. I had a crush on the pastor's son. And you ended up with a PK. Ain't that funny how the woman works? Sorry about that in the background, guys. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, we're actually going to move on to our next segment, which is Share a Truth with the Class. And Share a Truth with the Class, we usually try to bring something to you guys that we find in the social media streets or in the media, or even like some personal experiences that we, um... yeah, so I mean, it's just like you, oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Um, but in Share a Truth with the Class, we just kind of talk about these stories that we find interesting. We want to kind of get people's thoughts and takes on it. Um, this week, um, I'm going to title this story Accountability Wars because if you were under a rock last week, there's like two out of many like big stories that happened last week. Uh, one about, I'm not going to joke because it's a serious matter, Bill Cosby, because I had jokes, I promise you, they're still in the holster, um, about him getting out of jail on a technicality, which is you know what, I'm going to save my thoughts on that. And then you also have, uh, please excuse me if I say it wrong, because I've seen it pronounced different ways. It's Shikari Richardson. I'm sorry, Shakiri Richardson. Thank you, Quincy. Shakiri uh, Richardson, and she got in trouble because she tested positive for marijuana previously after she, well, when she had been in season for trials for Olympics for the 100 meter, 100 meter dash, correct? So... This clip that we're going to play is from um, someone you've heard on the podcast before. Um, can you scroll up? I want to make sure I get her Instagram name correct. Is Lindsay 
L-Y-N-E-E-Z-Y. Um, the link to this particular video is going to be in the show notes. So make, if you want to hear it again on your own to kind of stop and pause it, because like she don't miss. I was about to say that. She don't miss. And this, this one hits on everything that we want to hit on. Like, because it not only talks about these two situations, but also talks about um, the whole soul cap thing, which she'll talk about a little bit in there. Also talk about a couple how a lot of ways the Olympics is trash or some of the governing bodies are trash, but we're going to have a, like a decent discussion about this. So uh, go ahead, Mr. Smith. So sorry I'm late, y'all. I had to get the receipt. So I'm going to keep it black. But I can't promise it's gonna be brief. <laughs> um, Olympics committee, are y'all mad? Cause first it's the no Black Lives Matter paraphernalia at the Olympics. Well, you know, the Olympics isn't really a space for political commentary. Shut up! Hitler literally tried to use the 1936 Olympics to prove that the Aryan race was superior to all other races, especially the black one. But Jesse Owens said, absolutely not. <laughs> and then y'all decided to rob Simone Biles of her just due by refusing to score her skills at the level at which they should, supposedly to discover other athletes from attempting these dangerous skills, but in the same breath, lowering the bar and making it easier for lesser skilled athletes to rise to the occasion, even though they could never. And I'm just confused because never in the history of niggadom has any white man's accomplishments been metered, the goalpost ever moved back, the standards for greatness ever been lowered for niggas to have a fighting chance of succeeding. You better tell it like it is! Uh, listeners, that's right. Um, there is, niggadom is a word. Um, shout out to my man, um, Cat Williams, who first credited this. Uh, Mr. Swift, do we have the clip? Go ahead, play the clip. Wait, I'm sorry, I forgot to say that. No, we do not have the clip because... I'm not trying to get copyrighted by his management team. But if you, if listeners, if you want to listen to it, I believe it is the American Hustle uh, stand-up. Um, and in the beginning of it, he literally be, he literally says, never in the history of niggerdom has a nigger. And then he just paused everybody laughing. He's like, no, niggerdom is a word. So use it in a sentence. Use it in a sentence. Never in the history of niggerdom. So yes, listeners, that is a word. Um, continue the clip. And then y'all want to suspend the fastest woman in the United States for weed, weed, for 30 days, which is in just enough time for her to make it to her event. But because THC was signing her systems during the Olympic trials, her schools are now null and void and she can no longer participate in that event. The people are upset and rightfully so. Many are comparing her to Michael Phelps, who was also caught with weed, but allowed to participate in the Olympics. But in all actuality, he was not caught with weed until after the Olympics. He was indeed suspended and lost his Kellogg scholarship, but his suspension was served enough time for him to go back and compete again at the World Championship. He was also not actually tested for THC, so his scores were not disqualified. Boo! The real problem here is the anti-doping agency continuing the perpetuation of the colonial criminalization of marijuana. Talking about it meets two of the three following criteria. It's a performance enhancer. How? It's a health risk. Lies. And it goes against the spirit of the sport. And there it is. For a very long time, the hemp plant was welcome in various parts of the world due to its various industrial uses. Cannabis for its medical uses. But when its recreational uses became widely associated with immigrants, low-income and urban communities, all of a sudden it's a problem. And then y'all want to ban soul caps. Swim caps made specifically to accommodate black women's hair. Them things not even aerodynamic. How are they saying it's an advantage? Whoa, they're not banning them because they're an advantage. Then why are they banning them? Well, you know, Alice Daring is the first black woman to represent Great Britain in the Olympics. And they said she just can't use it because competitors in the past have never used or required a swim cap that big. If you and Peppa Pig don't get the hell on, and then 
another one. Got the nerve to tell two black teenagers that they can't even be regarded as women? That because of their naturally high testosterone levels, they do not meet female qualification? Are you serious? The audacity, the unmitigated gall, the fact that everything about these two young women's social environment will remind them that they are indeed women when they show up in society every day as dark, androgynous, unconventionally beautiful, talented, intimidating, black, African women. Except for the moment they decide to step into a 400 meter race? Negro, please. This does nothing but add to the narratives of taming black women whose existence is not colored inside the lines of Eurocentric standards of femininity and considered a danger to those who are. Oh, but they're okay with them using artificial substances to lower their testosterone levels, but Shakira can't have no weed to cope with her dead mama? Hey, um, didn't Shakira release some homophobic tweets? Don't she got a girlfriend? <laughs> Um, baby, that is a result of 21 years of internalized homophobia centered specifically on the supposed threat to black men's masculinity. And just like black people can be anti-black, gay people can be anti-gay, and that's something she's gonna have to take up with the Lord. And then, there's more? It's my last one. And then force Brianna McNeil to share her trauma with the world. Put her abortion on display because you wish to rob her for chances to compete at two Olympics with a five-year suspension period because she didn't answer the door for the anti-doping agency day after making one of the hardest decisions a woman can ever make. It's almost as if black women don't get to be human. <laughs> but we already knew that. We knew that as soon as they met black women in the 1400s and called them animals. We knew that when they made black women literally get back up in the field right after birthing a baby. We knew that when they made black women the bulk of essential workers and then made essential work less respectable. Say that! She said what she said. And Bill Cosby, did you think I forgot about you? Let out on a technicality because he received a verbal immunity deal back in 2005. Well, I've always maintained my innocence. When you obtained the Quaaludes, was it your intent to use them to have sex with young women? Yes. His publicist talking about his release was justice for black America? Not me. Not this black American. You can't keep him. Well, Bill Cosby was about to buy NBC. So? He gave us a Cosby show. So? Fat Albert? So? A different world? Well, he wasn't in that one. And Felicia Rashad talking about some, a wrong has been righted. Girl, what I need for black people to do, what I need specifically for black women to do, is to stop caving for black rapists and black abusers just because they gave you an opportunity, a good TV show, or a bop. You can still do all those things and still be a creep. Stop needing to have seen a woman be raped to believe she was raped. And if you're mad about how black women are being treated in the Olympic trials, then stop supporting rape culture. Yes. I'm aware that the majority of Bill Cosby's accusers are white women, but due to the intersection of blackness and womanhood, black women, cis and trans, suffer the most from rape culture. Don't believe me? I dare you to compare the number of dress code violations amongst girls at a predominantly white school and girls at a predominantly black school. And for you weak-minded individuals that will lazily step into the myth that over-sexualizes young black girls' existence, no, it is not because black girls are more likely to wear provocative clothing to school, but because black girls' bodies, the ones that God gave them, are considered more distracting to the student body. The policing of black women's bodies what they look like, what they can do with them, put inside them, and how they do or do not fit in people's categories are a direct result of black women's bodies being made readily available, offered up and sacrificed for people to be able to do whatever they want with them. Now um, listeners, I know that was a long clip, and thank you for your patience if you listened through it, and hopefully you didn't fast forward it because it'd be a damn shame because she she dropped some gems in there because, whoo, like, 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 she was Chef Curry with the shot. Like, she was just firing up all of it. You know what it really is, um, Mr. Smith? Can you let them know what it really is, what it sounded like? This motherfucker don't miss. Thank you. Because, like, wait, from the reason why I talk about accountability, let, let's, let's, let's break this down because we don't have, we can get into it, but I know there's a lot to unpack from that, from that five-minute clip. Oh, she said it all. Like, I feel like she made a very strong statement, but I want to, first, I want to talk, Bill Cosby part is very simple for me in my mind. And y'all can kind of chime in. Like Bill Cosby, yes, because 
technically, like two things can be right at the same time. Yes, Bill Cosby getting out of jail over a technicality is technically a, an error being corrected. That's how I'm, I, I feel, that's probably the easiest way for me to say it without feeling like nasty about saying that. But it's also true that yes, he admit he still admitted that he drugged these women. And for all you dumb motherfuckers, and I'm and I'm sorry, um, mama scientists or uh, Pastor P, if you are a dumb motherfucker saying you can't rape the willing, rape the willing, or they were with him, or well, you know, this was like an injustice that, that was corrected. Get the fuck out of my face, block me on all social media, and delete my number. Cause I don't play that. Like, let me let me make this very clear. If you or anyone else supports him or believes that that's okay behavior, and just because he admitted to it and he spent some time in jail, no, it's still wrong. And whether it was one person or it was all the accusers, to violate someone's body, someone's personal space, their right as a human being to exist, get the fuck out of my face. Um, Queen C, go ahead. Also, for those dumb motherfuckers, if you actually believe that people under the influence of drugs or alcohol can honestly consent with an altered mind state, please get the fuck out my face because that's bullshit. That right. is, especially if he drugged them, he admitted to drugging them and then reaped whatever benefits of drugging them that he got, that's not consent. Whether they said yes or not, their mind state was altered and it was done against their will. Like, I'll give you a prime example. Like I was under anesthesia for my surgery, which is me being under the influence of drugs. They literally legally cannot have me sign any documentation saying that I agreed to certain things because I was influenced that drug and I was, my mind was altered. It is literally the same concept. You are violating a person's human rights that we as a society and a culture have agreed upon. Um, I don't have anything to say about Bill Cosby. Uh, I was sad back when it happened, but it wasn't like it was a secret apparently because in the com comedy world, it was very well known and they made jokes about it and things like that. Mm -hmm. So true. like, I mean, do I... Am I the type of person to probably still, if it, if it comes on, do I, will I probably still watch, you know, the show? Yeah, probably. But do I go out my way to go watch it? No, I do not. I, I know how to separate the character from the person also. So I can still enjoy a show and not think of that person as like, I, I, I've trained myself that way. Life is so much better that way right. on certain things. I know he's horrible, but I'm not going out my way to support him either. Secondly, mm -hmm. on my girl. Yes. Shakari. Correct yeah. me if I said it right. Did I say it right, Quincy? Miss Richardson. I believe it's Shakari. Shakari, okay. Well, in order to respect it and to continue the conversation, we'll go with Miss Richardson for right I now. That's what I was going to say. But also, please know that we're not trying to bypass saying someone's name correctly because I know we all struggle with it and that that's a whole nother thing. But Miss Richardson, yeah. My overall takeaway is a double-edged sword. We all know, we all, we all sympathize with her. We all understand. Most of us, let me rephrase that. Most of us understand where she is coming from. And for her to find out 
about her mom's passing from a reporter. First off, rude. Reporters, get your life, okay? Y'all are y'all always overstepping boundaries a little too far. And clearly you over, you should be fired personally. Anyways, that's how she decided to cope. And for people to say, oh, that uh, that doesn't help. I saw a post that said it causes more problems. Um, not all just because you drink or you do you do smoking, it there's a there's a level to it. Mm. And for her in that moment she was coping. It doesn't cause her more problems. It, in this instance, yes, it did, but that was how she decided to cope. It did. It wasn't like a, I just feel like people were, too, we put people too much on a high pedestal and we have all these people still in jail. Well, half the, half of America has legalized weed and half of the black, half of black America is in jail for little dime bags or little things that don't matter no more and they should be released. So overall, like I get it. She broke a rule. She has to suffer the consequences. The best thing that she did was take accountability. And that's the, that's what she, she showed she is an adult. She said, I know what I did. I know it is wrong. And you know, she didn't say, no, hold on. Mm-mm. I know what I did and I understood the consequences and it was wrong because of the consequences. I personally don't think what she did was wrong especially because in the state that she did it, it was legal. But anyways, I digress. But the consequences and the rules are racist. Yes, that too. Because like, yeah, we like, I, I have to say so. So to to trend, well, Mr. Smith, before you transition to car uh, to Miss Richardson thing, um, did you have any thoughts on Bill Cosby? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> again, I worked with y'all how long? I know how this goes. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> for Bill Cosby, the fact that you did a, a disposition, like. 15, 16 years ago. And we found, you know, obviously, like we said, it was kind of like rumored through the comedy streets that he did it. And, you know, people were talking about it, but it wasn't well known until we got to this point where, you know, as we talked about in a previous episode about cancel culture and the sensitivity of America or most of the world, you know, we hear more about it now. And, and like you said, two things can be right at the same time. Is that a wrong thing to do to let him out? Yes. But is the law the law in which he made an immunity deal? And as part of that immunity deal, if he gets put, it's like, it violates that? Yes. Now, again, you said it best. And, and I, I I thank you, culture scientists, for saying it perfectly. You can separate the person from the character. People, this is not like R. Kelly. R. Kelly made music that literally talked about what he did versus Bill Cosby, who legit made a show for families and everything like that, but then did some extra shit before that time. And for and for the record, technically speaking, when he did this stuff and when he first started doing it, it was way before the Cosby show. So is he wrong? Yes. Is it bullshit? Yes. Should he go back to jail? Absolutely. Especially with how many people accused him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not going to waste my breath on something that's going to, you know, he, he's going to deal with what he has to deal with, whether it's on this earth, whether it's in the next world, whether it's when the fuck ever. But I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm going to pray for the victims because that's really the main people that I focus on is how 
they feel about it. I don't care about him getting out and all that stuff. I care about, are they okay? Are they seeing the therapist in order to get through that trauma? Are they able to cope with it and do the mechanisms in order to live a normal, successful life? Because that is triggering about the fact that you went through this and you thought you had justice of this man going to jail. And then hell, has it even been a year? I don't even think it's been a year. It's been two, maybe three years out of 10. Okay. So it's been been three years. It's, It's been three years and this man's out. We thought this man was going to die in jail. And now he's sitting at home comfortably. So I feel more so for them and want to help them. As far as he's concerned, like the lady said, I'm not going to rush to watch the Cosby show. I'm not going to rush to watch the stand-ups. Different world, like she said, he wasn't really a part of that. So I'm still <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, I, 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 the accountability needs to be there. And obviously he was, I'm doing air quotes, accountable in 2005. And now it's, like slightly helping him now so yeah. whatever damn but i just have one yeah go ahead, go ahead my very last thing i want to say that i've noticed in general and this is toward you know our wonderful black race i love us so much so dearly with all the love and sarcasm mixed together um we have a tendency to cheer even when it's wrong sometimes that so like when we see justice in a way, I don't, it's weird to phrase it this way, but in a way that's for us. So like, we see a lot of wrong done in our way. Mm-hmm. So in a weird way, I don't agree, mm-hmm. but in a weird way, I can kind of see how some people are like, yeah, something for the black people, but that's not the type of justice that we want. It's kind of like when um, when you go back to old dude when the glove didn't fit. No, it's, 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 it's Lee. We all knew he was guilty, but we was we was excited when he got off. Like it wasn't that we were excited that he that he got it was that like, it was about him. It was the fact that black people got a win. The rig system in America worked and turned out in black people's favor. It was a win for black people, not so much that we cared about OJ. Yes. And I think I'm I'm gonna take it a step book. further. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say we wasn't cheering for OJ. We was cheering for Johnny Cochran. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shout out to the yeah. FX docu series. That thing was fire. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out Omar uh, Omar Gooding Jr. Cuban Gooding Jr. And mm-hmm. that and that one. Yeah, play Johnny Cochran. Fire. Check it out. Yeah. Um, but on FX, if you want sponsors, you can. Yes, I'm still <laughs> looking for sponsors. I just wanted um, to say that. That was my, my final thought. Oh, and no, I thought I, and to, to try to not speed through, but to kind of harp on some of the stuff with the, the Richardson situation, I think I think a phrase that I think a lot of people forget, uh, do, I think a lot of people do, at least Black people in regards to the situation, is, uh, yeah, she did wrong, but statements, when I think to help have a healthier dialogue, to have a better understanding, it needs to be, yeah, she was wrong. And yeah, she was wrong for doing this as an athlete. She understands as a Olympic level athlete, they understand like they know the rulings and all the guidelines there. And it's also an antiquated rule that was just put into place by, I, I can't remember the acronym of the governing body specifically that put it into place. Like that rule about uh, THC, they've been trying to for a long time, but didn't go into effect until January. So it wasn't like you can argue it was like a longstanding rule. But ultimately, um, shout out to our friend. Um, I think most of us know, um, I won't say his name because I won't respect his privacy. Um, but our, one of our friends, an Olympic athlete who literally 
competed and he talked about it, it was like for a track athlete you know they are probably the most strictest when it comes to this testing whether you agree with the rule or not or whether you have influence on trying to change it in that time frame until that change comes you have to be able to navigate that system to not lose out on your blessings or your opportunities off of something that's out of your control like one of the things I think I tell the co uh, the coach of scientists and I tell my coworkers all the time, I'm like, I try to control the outcome. I control what I control with myself and my actions and my behaviors. So I never want to put the results of a situation into someone else's control and someone else's hands. So within that, unfortunately, she made a choice. She said that she made the choice. She didn't say that someone slipped it to her or she didn't know about it. She took one hundred honestly about it. She was transparent and truthful about the whole thing. Look what I did there. If you know, you know. But honestly, like, it's okay to say that, yeah, I think it's messed up that she is not able to run in 100 meters and she wasn't selected for the four by one. I'm upset about that. And I understand that because this rule, like people saying they should just let her run. I mean, I feel that way. I mean, like, I, and mind you, you are having, you're entitled to feel how you feel. But ultimately, if you're talking about they just should go ahead and change the rule. We're talking about America. Yo. Changing the law for black people. I'm sorry, for specifically for black people, does not come quick, does not come easy, and does not come willingly. It has to happen. Um, shout out, not shout out, but um, UNC, I'm looking at you because um you got you have to be shamed into giving a black professor a and tenure. She said no. And she went to the other HU. I mean, we could talk about her choices about HBCUs, but we're not gonna go there. We just happened she chose the HBCU. Talk about it. Um, shout out to Tatiasi Coates as well, going to that other HU. But again, we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like within the time frame, one point that I think our Olympic friend made that was really good, and I'll and I'll get off my soapbox was like. Sometimes y'all should have to recognize if they just took her and offered her suspension and put her in for one of the people on the four by one, you have to remove somebody who already qualified for that event. Let that be another black woman in that space. And, and you're basically taking away someone who has tried their whole entire life to get to this point and you get substitute there. It, it's not fair to them as well. Um, Mr. Smith? So I'm going to make sure that I don't take a lot of time because, like you said, there are a lot of layers to this. Like, this is the epitome of Shrek talking about he's an onion with layers. Like, yes. Jesus. But, all right, so the first thing, number one, if anybody wants to be mad, if everybody wants to be mad at somebody, be mad at the reporter who said something in the first place. Yes. Because had he not said anything, the family obviously were not going to tell her until after they were done. And then she would have probably figured it out. They would have did, you know, uh, probably a private, you know, morning service and she would have focused. But instead he decided he or she, because I don't know who they are, decided to make a name for himself and say it to her without her knowing. And now she had to figure that out. Secondly, she's 21. I need everyone to understand how did you think at 21? I certainly can say without a shadow of a doubt, I made some dumb choices at 21. Luckily, I'm still here today to be able to talk about it and be able to get through it. But you're talking about someone who did a choice at 21 on the world's biggest stage with all the pressure of blackness being on her back because she was brash, she was bold, and that's what we liked about her. But she also is 21, 
Okay. She definitely felt the pressure. She felt the, she felt the morning of her mom passing and no one telling her. And that was literally before and decided to take an edible in order to cope with it. Now, for those people that she raced against, not saying that she probably was under the influence when she raced, but I would feel more hurt the fact that you lost to her when she was, when she had it. Cause I'm like, Technically, we supposed to slow you down. Right. You made her faster. <laughs> so uh, if she went on my head, because I was going to say that. Influence you more. Like, does not speed you up. If anything, <laughs> slow you down. Yeah. It's like a movie. But I'm but not. Can y'all imagine how head. fast she is? Like, if she ran that and she was high, how fast is she sober? Pro- probably, probably 0.5 of a second off, easily. Because if she gets off that blocks quicker, that's probably 0.5 of a second shaved off. That's a but, bad um, moment. But get, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Mr. Smith. But yeah, so within all of that, you know, I, I agree that this can, we can, two things can be right at the same time. Is it a horrible rule? Absolutely. But did she do the choice knowing the rules and knowing the consequences that come with that rule? Yes. And people, she took accountability. I want you to go back, and I think, I can't remember if it was 2016 or 2012, but there was a story. Granted, again, yes, these were performance-enhancing drugs that were shown, but they ended up banning damn near a whole country from like five different sports because all pretty much majority of their athletes tested positive for the same thing, right? Let's I say that say it, was, it was Russia. I think at so. At the last I, Olympics. I, I believe so. I couldn't remember which and they uh, had to they had to compete under the international Olympic flag sign, they couldn't, the athletes that could compete, that qualified, could not compete under their country's flag. Okay, I could, I guess I could remember which country it was, but let's say that that was weed, right? Are you saying that within all of this, if they get it, oh, that rule is awful, we should ban it and let them run? Well, what if other people have, you know, uh, qualify for the actual Olympics, working hard, doing all the training. And and like Brother X said, I'm going to finish off with this. I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to say his old nickname because no one's ever going to know. No one knows his old nickname. But shout out to our friend Black Tower, who is an Olympic sprinter. And he made sure to let us know, like, yo, what she did was wrong. She has acknowledged it. And there, it's not as simple as saying, oh, let her run anyway. So just let it go. Enjoy the Olympics. She's going to smoke everybody in two years. Right. Like, and mind you, I wanted us to get into more about that because Olympics, we, we, we still got a bone to pick with you about your anti-Blackness and other governing bodies, but um, we could literally have a whole episode about that. But there's other things more on a lighter note that I want to re- get to, and I want to make sure, yes, smoke everybody. Like, she got the smoke for everybody. So now we're actually going to move on to our Black business highlight, which is where we take time out of our day to actually highlight a Black-owned business or a Black-themed business where we actually share with you different things. All right, um, I'm going to let uh, Coastal Sciences take this over. So this week's Black business highlight is Jinsa. And make sure I'm a, if I get it say it wrong, I'm very sorry, but it's Jinsa Essentials. Um, and this is where you can get natural, vegan, chemical free, natural, vegan, chemical free, okay, hair products, facial products, and everything in between. So it's made with 100%, it's 
100% natural and is wonderful oils of the world. They can be found at locally here at South Point Mall and at Crabtree Mall. Um, and you can, they, it's also available on Amazon. So don't forget to go check out your Jinsa essentials for your hair products and everything in between. All right, thank you, Coach Scientist, for that. Um, so we'll have all their information, all the social media in the show notes, so you can check them out. Um, we actually got a chance to meet the owner as well, and it was really dope. She's really dope. Black-owned woman business, a black woman-owned business. Let me get those that order correctly. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely check them out. Um, we're looking forward to using the products in the future. Um, so getting into this week's topic. So last week, if you were listening, which if you've been listening this far into the episode, you didn't listen last week what are you doing? You're, you're doing yourself a disservice, but um, pause it, go listen to that one, die laughing at my pain and come back to listen to this episode. Um, but we talked about briefly about doing a series of talking about like black experiences that we've gone through. And this week's um, black experience we wanted to talk about was um, a certain event and you might get the idea or if you click on the episode, you kind of have an idea. Uh, Mr. Smith, play the clip. That is correct. We're actually going to talk about the night when President Obama, or OBZ, as some people call him, um, was elected. So we're going to take some time. We're going to share some of our experience. Where were we when he was elected? Um, talk about it as experience from being a Black person. And as well as talk about like maybe some moments or how our view of life may have changed post that election. So we're going to kind of go around and do like a, a a round circle about all this stuff, and then we just kind of start breaking out into popcorn and conversation. So, um, um, is there anybody that would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So I was online to join to join um, Swing Fast Swing Social Fellowship Incorporated. Um, fall of 08. Like she was standing in a line. She was like, Swing Fast Swing Social uh, Social Fellowship is non hazing organization, correct? Correct. I just wanted to make sure. Anyways, gotta protect the people. So um, I lost something very important that night before I had to go meet and go online for that night. So essentially my set was canceled um, and it was pouring down rain. And I remember this very vividly because I was crying. <laughs> it, was a, it was not a good thing to lose. Okay? Was it the Mary J. Blige video? No. So I was crying and I finally just, you know, I went into the dorms of Dimple Newsom at Shaw University and everybody is sitting down watching the big TV and some idiot, because like two, two hours go by, we're all into this. This is probably the first time I've seen everybody like really into the TV. Like we, we do all this stuff. This was really fun to watch because my first election that I was able to vote in. And yes, of course I voted for Obama. And of course the first time I voted, yes, it was because he was black. I'm not gonna lie, okay? My first election, and I can vote for a black person. You think I'm stupid? <laughs> Anyways, so some idiot right before they announced the winner, they turned the channel to the bad news channel. And we're like, no, poor people. We don't remember who did it. And all I remember after that point is everybody is running outside, and from all we so at Shaw, the main campus. People were watching it in the, um, the student union. And our school is very small. So our, we're Dimple Newsom, Fleming Key, which is the boys' dorm. And um, our 
Willie E. Gary Center, which is our student center. We're all like in a facing each other and it faces the yard. And all you saw was all the students run out from all of those. And that's just from our side of campus. That wasn't including the upperclassmen dorms. That wasn't including people who may have been in the library or in the science buildings. That was just like the yard alone. And then because we are in the capital of North Carolina, literally the heart of the capital, we marched downtown, okay? We, and everybody, I we played our president is black, like, I mean, up and down the street. People were coming out the bars. It was the most beautiful sight and memory I think I can ever have in life. Because when we finally got down to the Capitol with all like the statues and everything, we all just kind of stood there for a moment. And including, I mean, it wasn't just my, it wasn't just our school. You had St. Augustine students coming. You had students from all across and everybody coming down. It was just it was such a beautiful sight and everybody in all white, black, Mexican, all types of colors. We was out there partying it up. And you know, that's the year I'm gonna left. <sighs> beautiful time. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, in my it, sadness. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the standing in line is really crazy, man. Um, <laughs> um, who would like to go next? If, I'm about to say, I can go if you, if you guys like. Um, so for those who don't know, because if you don't know by now, I, I need you to go back and listen to all the episodes because we need all those listens. Um, I went to the illustrious Hampton University, one of the black Ivy League schools. Talk about it. Yes, sir. You know what it is? The only real HU. Fight your mama. He said, he said what he said. How about say run off on the plug twice? University, we ain't gonna talk about y'all. Charlotte University is the first university in the South. Like I was saying, with Hampton University, like we, they have a lot of things. We're private institutions. So part of what our experience was with the election was we were, and Quincy, you can correct me wrong because we came in the same year. We were, I think we, let's just put it this way. Our year at Hampton, we couldn't get right. We we fought a lot, got a lot of stuff shut down. Um, we ended up on curfew. Mind you, the university has a curfew like for roughly, probably up until about homecoming, maybe a little bit after. Like it's like uh, eleven o'clock curfew um, Monday. And I'm sorry, Sunday through Thursday, Thursday. and then mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday it was until like one in the morning. Was this normal like year round? Because that's less. <laughs> yeah, no, it was normal. Yeah, so I think so. I think it was more common. Funny enough, side note, I did not realize that is more common than people make it out to be. Because there's some people who's like, y'all had a curfew in college. Listen, you just gotta break. I'm about to say, hold on, but because I understand like the reason behind it was like certain areas as an 18 year old. There is literally nothing for you after one or two a.m. that ain't going in 18 years of child support. I said what I said. What they say on how I met your mother? Creating the next generation of pantomimes. Yes. I'm just saying, let's just put it this way. There was no reason, like, I understand it. You can agree with it, you can disagree with it, but they had their reasons. So at that point, we had just got in trouble because we were supposed to be out curfew. And yeah, we're gonna do that. So we're in the dorm, we're watching. I'm in there with my 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 roommate and all his friends because apparently I had like five roommates in my room. That's a whole nother story for another day. I'll save that for a story with Brother X. Um, but basically we're all watching it on this like little like box. I'm talking about nothing bigger than a lunch pail box TV 
of mine in our room. And literally, we're just watching the election. We're watching all stuff. And we're chilling there. Mind you, the curfew didn't happen. We're trying to wait for the results. We're all chilling there. And literally, as we're watching it, one person yells down the hallway of our dorm, yeah, oh, you won, you won. And on our TV, we didn't see it. So it was like, what is the dude talking about? He, he, he being extra, he's doing the whole lot. So we literally flipped the channel to, I think it was CNN. CNN posted first mm-hmm. that he won. And mind you, a dorm, five-level dorm on both sides, you had like 200 plus, 300 plus freshman students go, yo! You got dudes running down the hallway, niggas dancing in the hallway, like every bit of the celebration. And mind you, with our curfew, like you can't leave out the dorm after you're in for curfew or you're going to get written up. Whole nother thing. But literally, our dorm director, our dorm director, he, he was something. But he he was like, he was very, he was much of a sickle for the rules. So he was like, he he calling up all the RAs. I was an RA in training. So they was like, yo, come down here. Da, 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 da. Like, we gonna, we gotta make sure everything's good. And literally he was like, you know what? We're gonna let you out the dorm. So he literally lets us out the dorm. Mind you, our dorm is on one part of the campus that's right near the water. And our student center is like probably near the entrance of the school or the gate entrance to our school. Yes, we had to get the entrance. We booze you like that. But um, literally, they let us out the dorm. All you see is people running the streets of the campus, people in cars popping bottles of champagne, people doing certain substances that we can't acknowledge or statute of limitation. But um, yes, so they're all doing that. And then we're all like, I'm getting my peoples. We all meet up. We're all going to the student center. Mind you, the student center is locked after probably about nine o'clock on a, on a weekday. Remember I said that our school didn't have no get right? Yeah, um, we literally broke one of the doors to the student center. And it wasn't the last time that we did that for an event on campus. And we literally broke the door, went into the student center, and we're singing the same song that we played at the beginning of the topic on the steps of the student center. And if I can find it, I gotta figure out who has the video, but you just see, it's like three layers of stairs, just all black excellence singing the song in unison. I think at one point we were swag surfing, like, like it was a Negro spiritual, like all of it. And it was just a phenomenal time. And you just got people out and about just enjoying this moment because for us, we didn't have like, for me as an eight year old kid, and being grown up in predominantly white spaces, mm. this was one of the first time I felt like, yo, Talk this is like, this it. is what some people felt about Johnny Cochran when he won that case. Talk about this is it. about what some people feel like with like Muhammad Ali. Like we finally, and our generation had that moment and that it was our generation that helped vote in the first black president. When growing up, yeah, we heard, oh yeah, you can be anything you want when you're growing up. But, every, but in the black community, you always get that nod and wink. It's like, yeah, but that's a whole nother thing. But that was my experience. Um, Quincy? Yeah, I, I feel like every HBCU, when it was announced that he won, kind of had the same reaction and like the streets just flooded with, with students everywhere. Um, so I won't go over that part again because for me and Brother X, it's 
pretty much the same experience once you stepped out the dorm. Um, but I do remember election day, they had the buses running from Hampton University to the local golf course, which it's all these little old white people. And we were like, okay, like what's going on? Like, we know this is our polling station. We have to vote here. And we were, you know, weary. And as soon as we stepped off the bus, those little old white people bum rushed us. They were like, are you here to vote? Are you, are you, voting, for, are you voting for Obama? Did you vote for Obama? You did? Good job. You're going to make this country so much better. Like they were so hype about it. Like if they heard one of us say we weren't voting for Obama, they were like, what do you mean? Why not? Like that, you got interrogated, and we had a couple black Republicans who, who got the the rundown from those little old white people at the golf club. Like they they were so serious. They had no other signs around that polling station except for Barack Obama signs. So I remember that, and then got back on the bus, went back to campus, finished out the day, made it back to my dorm, um, my RA who she's been on the podcast before, shout out to our big sister, Ari. Um, that's how I originally met her. She was on duty. So she said, hey, little sis, you gonna watch the election results with me in the office? I said, yeah, sure. Let me put my stuff down in my room since I'm right down the hall and I'll be back. That little office in my dorm, we had like 15, 20 girls in there watching election results. We was packed in there like sardines, little itty bitty box TV. I think it was like a 13 inch but we were watching it and I feel my phone vibrate in my pocket and, and I pull my phone out and it's my sister. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? You know, it's a little loud. I can't hear you. And I, all I hear is my sister screaming at the top of her lungs. He won. He just got Virginia. Virginia just turned blue. He's at 308. He won. I said, wait, what channel are you watching? Cause it's not showing us here. She said, turn to CNN. So we turned to CNN, but good old Cox Cable lagging still hadn't shown it yet. So I'm telling everybody in the office, I'm like, my sister said he won. Virginia turned blue for the first time in however many years. And we're still going blue in presidential elections to this day. Um, and the exact number was 308 once Virginia went blue. So we're sitting there and it took like five minutes for it to actually come to our viewership. And once it turned, we went crazy. We start hugging each other, jumping on the desk. And Brother X said his dorm, four or five stories high with North and South wings. My dorm was five stories with three wings in it. Nothing but black number black women running downstairs it sounded like a stampede just busting through the doors they could not hold us back it was too many of us we ran out to the waterfront start yelling shouting we saw other people and then everybody ran to the student center and somebody broke a door but eventually one of the janitors came and opened up all the doors i do remember that for the student center but yeah it was definitely a an experience um, would you like me to cue this up, Mr. Smith, or um, do, do, you, do you want to take it on his own? Go ahead and cue it up. Um, for the listeners at home, as y'all been listening, uh, Mr. Smith, he, he has birthdays. 
he he he's very seasoned around trips around the sun. Um, it was his birthday celebration right around that time. Am I correct in saying that? You are absolutely correct. It was a special birthday. It was a it special was. birthday, wasn't it? What it birthday was. was that, Mr. Smith? You want me to take it from here? No, no, no. I just want to know what birthday it was. My 21st. Ooh. So this man was legally drinking when Obama got elected. And did you have friends to celebrate with Mr. Smith? <laughs> yes, I did. Were they did they treat you right, Mr. Smith? Uh questionable. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> that's not how I remember the story, but um, I'll, I'll let you tell it. Go ahead, Mr. Smith. All right. So um I just want to make sure that I set the context. Like uh like Queen C and Brother X said, Hampton was getting bombarded with a lot of people that were promoting this election. I remember Marlon Wayans coming at one point. I knew Diddy came at one point. I know Trey Songs came. Like a lot of people were pushing it because our students said it used to be packed with celebrities at a certain Hold on, pause real quick. Mark uh, Warner. That's yes, Mark Warner. He's now a senator at the time he was the former governor and he came to the football game. I remember oh, that. Real quick, um, I don't know if it was Nas or it was Jay-Z, not Jay-Z, um, uh, Young Jeezy. One of the motherfuckers owes us a concert that we never got. Jeezy. Thank you. Because he can't, definitely came and promoted and said like, yo, if Obama wins, I'm going to come back and do a free concert. We was mm -hmm. like, word. And we never saw that Negro since. <laughs> okay. So um, as they said, you know, my experience was, you know, I had my own car at that point. So I woke up like six o'clock in the morning drove myself to the polling station. There was like 45 people out there. So I'm out there in my little bubble coat voting. They canceled all of classes. I remember that. They canceled all classes that day to make sure that people went to vote. Now, listeners, like we said, the day that Obama got elected, I literally turned 21. So the friends that Brother X was talking about were beating my ass the entire freaking day doing birthday licks. So at one point they said, uh, um, Mr. Smith, what are you doing for dinner? Like, I don't know. Jump in the car. All right, well, I can just, ju what I say? Jump in the car. They beat my ass and, and made me drink double shots of E&JS brandy all the way to Hooters on Mercury Boulevard. Now, 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 would you say beat was not, it's not a strong word. It's not, may not be accurate. They whooped my, his ass. Somebody said, my nigga, they beat me with sticks. They whooped his ass. <laughs> Small sticks. They, they, they weren't that bad. Them, they them were like were, switches. Yeah, but them shits were switches. Yeah. <laughs> you could have ran. Really? Now, now, question was was Black Tower a part of this group? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> he he met up with us later. Um, so I'll 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 I won't I'll uh not say the names to protect the innocent, but at that point, I'm drunk. I am really drunk. And the last thing I remember is we're sitting at the table, we ordered our food, and all of us are looking at the TV in Hooters, this big ass TV. And Wolf Blitzer, I will never forget, and that still rings in my head to this day. Wolf Blitzer saying, I think we can call it. Yep, we can call it. Your next president is Barack Obama. Literally, our table, the table next to us, and two tables over was like, oh my God, he freaking won. We see five white people walk out of Hooters. And I distinctly remember them saying, God damn it, the nigger won. And our table turned to him like, do you really want to do this right now? And our big brother, I'm going to admit his name, was like, this ain't our fight today. We're going we're gonna to enjoy it. Now, listeners, at this point, everything goes blurry for me. I'm pretty much blacked out, but I was told what happened. Uh, we rejoice. 
everything was, we were happy. And they said, all right, we're gonna go back to campus. So we drive back to campus and we get to the apartments that are across the street from the library called the Harbors. The Harbors are slammed. There are so many black people out there enjoying themselves, whatever. And at that point, there was another song that it came out from Ludacris's mixtape called, um, uh, called The Preview, called Politics as Usual. Motherfuckers was blowing that shit up all the way throughout the par parking lot. So we're jamming. I see a, a, a hamper lit on fire and thrown from the third story <laughs> window onto the ground. And somebody said, is that a hamper on fire? Hey, Obama won! So of course, because the hamper was on fire, the fire people department comes through. And so they put it out. And what do black people do? We decide to keep going up. We hop on the fire truck and we are jamming about the fact that Barack Obama won. Thank God those fire, those uh, firefighters were so, you know, respectful. Just was like, you know what? We're going to let y'all have this one. They let us have it. We was jamming. So he said, yo, we're going to go to the student center. So just like Brother X and Queen C said, a lot of them went to the student center and was, and was doing it up. A lot of the upperclassmen went to our one of our uh, most known landmarks, uh, Ogden Circle. And Ogden Circle is right next to uh, Queen C's dorm and also in front of our, I guess you could say, um, our performing arts center where we have all of our different types of things. All you saw were cars parked near Ogden Circle, and everybody's blasted. My president is black, my Lambo's blue. We are singing to the top of our lungs. And police officers, security officers, and all that, they are just looking at us like, y'all deserve this. Y'all deserve this so much. We did it. I'm going to let y'all rock. Normally, they'd be like, you know, you know, Queen C and uh, Brother X can attest. Them dudes be assholes when it comes to noise complaints, and they'll make sure. They, that you know, hey, 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 turn that thing off. Hey, you got, but this time it was like, we gonna let y'all rock. So you just see nothing but black students standing on top of their cars, jamming. There was alcohol, even though you're not technically supposed to have alcohol on the campus, but we're not gonna say anything about that. And it was just one of those moments where like tears was coming out. And I, re I distinctly remember I had to sit down at a certain point because I was starting to come to and like the moment actually hit. And I'm sitting on the steps of Ogden, just, I just started crying. Because I remember I had that experience with George Bush and how he did the STEMI checks and all the stupid stuff that he did. So I remember that as the person when I went to school. So to see the fact that, just like the culture scientist said, yes, I voted for him because he was Black. And I said, oh my God, I actually can get somebody that looks like me, that's educated, and actually knows what the hell he's talking about and has a plan. I'm going to vote for him. And to see it actually work, because just like we said, Every time this, the system is rigged for us not to win. And yes, we would have done, We all of us said, we're going to do our part. We're going to do our part. But a lot of us were still like, eh, we did our part. But there's probably that small chance. But the fact that we saw that name, President-elect Barack Obama, and you see his him and his wife, Michelle, and Malia, and Sasha take that walk, it was so powerful. And it hit every Black person, no matter what age you were, in the heart, like, we did that shit and we're gonna and we're gonna remember this for the rest of our lives so to finish it off that was definitely one of my biggest moments and i felt proud to say on my 21st birthday i made history happen
very much respect. And I appreciate everybody for sharing all those experiences. And I think we kind of talked about experiencing as black person and kind of like hitting on some points. What I want to to put a bow on this subject so that we are not here all evening when we're recording this is post-election and looking at that, yeah, I do remember that, good memories. Uh, the Obama remix of Amelie, who good times. But I think what we could probably finish off with this and then I'll move into the transparent moment. It's like, when you see that for me and Queen C, it being our first election to be able to uh, participate in, and to, for you to be able to see it's like your second one and all that stuff, I think a good way to kind of look at it is like, I know that Obama ran on the platform of hope and we, you don't truly realize what hope and the possibility of a thing really is until you actually see it come to a full fruition because we can hope that things are gonna get better. Like we as black in America, we have to have, even though we recognize our reality, we have to have some level of hope and perseverance and faith and whatever you choose to maybe you believe in that things will get better. Things are going to change. Things are, their progress is being made, even if it's going at a snail's pace. And in the meantime, we celebrate our, our victories because ultimately they come far and in between. Uh, you heard about how we talked about the difference between when um, the OJ Simpson case versus the election. And I know those are strange bedfellows to kind of talk about in the same sense, but it's just a sense of when you feel like your existence and what you desire or you, you work towards, you believe in so strongly, you see it actually come to fruition. It's like, damn, that really happened. Yeah, it's really possible that I can, I can, I can, I can have joy. Like I'm allowed to have joy in these moments. And I liken it to this, that being black in America, there's a lot of times where we don't actually get a chance to actually dream or look at the sky. We get so busy due to necessity of putting our nose to the grindstone. We're looking down at the ground, boots to the ground, trying to do the work that we have to do to survive that we forget to look up at the sky. We forget to have dreams, to recognize that, yeah, I can have that business. I can have that podcast with my friends. And it's just like, Post that election, that was one of those first things like, no, change can happen. Granted, we know what happened, who came after next, but I'm not going to give him our airspace to talk about it. But it gave us the ability to believe that there is other things that could come from this and that we can make things happen. We have the ability to. And for us, we have, that was like, I liken it to the civil rights movement where like we saw like certain changes happen because of it. And for us, that was like one of our big staple moments in our generation that we will always tell our grandkids about. Um, anyone else want to go before I close up? Uh, go ahead, um, Mr. Smith. Yeah, I'll just make it real quick. Uh, that night where, like you said, he ran on hope. And that was the biggest thing that we wanted as a country is the hope to see that we could uh, see better days. Because at that time, the stock market was down. It was a recession. It was it was it was a bad time especially coming from someone who actually graduated that year after he, when you know the the year that he actually got into office i graduated recession was bad but i want to say that that hope 
was also what was fearful of us because we've all we've all seen it where we can have a little bit of hope and it gets snatched from us. And I just want to say, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I want to also say you probably think of the same thing I'm thinking. When he was in inauguration, and any black listener that is listening right now, I'm pretty sure you know exactly where I'm going with this. When he got out that car, I know everybody's heart stopped because we said, please don't snatch this hope away from us. This is our chance to actually finally have something. And we were holding our breath to say, just make it to the steps. Just make it to the steps to, to, do, your, to do your oath. Make it inside the building. And once we got there, we all just quit. <sighs> okay, 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 we can do this. So that moment will forever ring in my mind as well as the election. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Quincy. Um, yeah, I'm 100% in agreement with Mr. Smith. And even after the oath was finished, like, for me, just the first year of his presidency, I was so afraid that like something was going to happen because we know how America is when they don't like somebody or they don't like their beliefs or what they look like, that at that point, their lives seemingly does not matter. We've seen it with JFK. We saw it with Malcolm X. We saw it with Martin Luther King. So that was definitely a scary first year I, I kind of breathed out a little bit once he made it through the first year of his first term. Um, but I will honestly say that um, if somebody had tried it at the inauguration, because I was actually there, they had snipers on every single rooftop. You wouldn't have gotten far. Yeah. You would yeah. not have gotten far. And that's real, man. <laughs> As we transition to the transparent moment, I want you to kind of think to that moment. I think I, I, I talked about it and we talked and we touched on it on this last point is that continue to try to find hope, continue to try to find spaces and things that, like I said earlier, allow yourself to dream, allow yourself to be able to look at the sky and see the clouds because there's so much negativity that we deal with on a day-to-day basis look to find spaces and hope, whether it's uh, enjoying a boisterous or not demonstrative, but an outgoing African-American woman dominating in her sport or finding finding joy in black baby uh, videos on Instagram or whatever it is, find hope, find joy that there's going to be things that you can work towards and just take those small victories. Like, yes, we know things aren't going to be able to change overnight. We wish they could. We feel like it happened for other people, but until that day comes, we gotta continue to put one foot forward, one after another, and you do what you have to do to get through and to keep yourself positive. Um, I have one clip like I have been doing like last couple of episodes I wanna share with you guys, but I wanna first make sure I go over some housekeeping stuff. Um, first, I wanna make sure you check us out on all of our social media. Um, the TNT Pod One Two Three on Twitter, Truth and Transparency Pod on Instagram, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on Facebook, and you can always email us with your ideas. You want to be on the show, any feedback you want to give us, you can always email us at Truth and Transparency Pod One Two Three at gmail.com. And for the culture scientists, for Queen C, for Mr. Smith, and for myself, if this podcast gets no bigger than what it is currently, 
they are forever grateful. I'm forever grateful. Any of our listeners and the supporters that we have, they're forever grateful. They want to just say thank you. So what I'm going to leave you with is a clip from the show Blackish, where the character Anthony Anderson speaks to something that Mr. Smith highlighted, but truly encapsulates some of the feelings that we had after Obama was elected. Um, after the clip, that's going to end the show. We want to thank you guys. And if I don't say that then, um, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. This, don't you get it, Bo? The system is rigged against us. Maybe it is, Dre. But I don't want to feel like my kids are living in a world that is so flawed that they can't have any hope. Oh, so you want to talk about hope, Bo? Obama ran on hope. Remember when he got elected? And, and, and we felt like maybe, just maybe, we got out of that bad place and made it to a good place. That, that the whole country was really ready to turn the corner. You remember that amazing feeling we had during the inauguration? I was sitting right next to you. And we were so proud. And we saw him get out of that limo and walk alongside of it and wave to that crowd. Tell me you weren't terrified when you saw that. Tell me you weren't worried that someone was going to snatch that hope away from us like they always do. That is the real world, Bo. And our children need to know that that's the world that they live in.